Hello and welcome to Dating, Marriage and Divorce Conversations, where we analyze, navigate and troubleshoot all stages of your romantic life. I'm your host, Igor Meisterman, a divorce attorney turned relationship coach. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is going to be, I feel like a bit of a mix of sharing ideas, concepts, things I get to see in the trenches in the work that I do. At the same time, maybe it will come off as a bit of a rant. I don't know. I'm a little nervous if it will come off that way. But at the same time, the topic is just so prevalent, so problematic, and needs to be talked about. There's just no way around around this. There's no way to skip it, no way to pretend it's not there. I mean, people do it all the time with devastating results. And so I'd like to at least begin some sort of a dialogue, or at least at this moment, a monologue, and we'll see what it stirs up in people's consciousness and how people feel about this. The topic, I'm going to call it the anatomy of relational intimacy. And I'm giving that name very specifically because this is not an episode about sex, physical intimacy, so to speak, in its purest form. What is this supposed to look like? What is the Torah perspective on this topic? Actually, I'm calling it anatomy of relational intimacy because I feel like it's been proven to me through the conversations with hundreds of couples that what we really are talking about, or what we would actually like to be talking about, is the full picture of intimacy, the complete analysis and evaluation of what has taken place. And I think given the level of sophistication that the Jewish world and the world at large is reaching, we can no longer settle for a rigid application of the concepts of a male and a female. And what I mean by that is that in mystical literature, in various Torah sources, there's discussion of how a man is a mashpia, he's an influencer, a woman is a makabal, she's a she's a receiver from him, right? And that's why the, even the biological is the symbolic expression of the spiritual and the woman's makeup, physical makeup is clearly very different than the man's. Man's is he's giving over to her something. He shares something that's a world of a potential, which is what a man does create. Whereas woman's world is a world of actualization. She takes one of the man's potentials and she nurtures it for nine months and everything else is discarded and she ultimately alone solo delivers life into the world and yet the more i speak to couples and the more we get into the anatomy the intricacy of what goes on in that relational space it just seems to me more and more that we cannot simply assign it to this rigid black and white framework because the reality is is that there are times we men would like to experience receiving and there are times when women would like to experience being givers and vice versa. And therefore, the conversation has to be more nuanced. It has to carry more sensitivity to the fact that there will be individual factors at work. There are different strengths, different leanings, different interests for each human being. And to simply say, well, you're a female, so it must be that you will like this. You're a male. It must be that you would like this. It's just simply going to be too short-sighted and will not resonate for some people, especially people who will have some unique bent to the story. Now, if you're wondering, with that preface being said, if you're wondering what's prompting this conversation, well, first of all, it saddens me. It truly does that so many couples find themselves struggling in the arena of physical intimacy. Now, when we are 
we're young and we're dating and we're newly married, it seems like sky is the limit, meaning the hormones are raging and flying and finally there's an opportunity to experience physical intimacy in its purest physical form. But as time passes and as children join the family and the family dynamics become more complicated and the roles we assume and play in our families become more complex, more agitating, more draining, it becomes harder to enjoy physical intimacy, to engage in it in a way that feels right, feels good, feels like this has a place in my life and I crave for it to have place in my life, as opposed to what I call one of us is a winner and one of us is a loser in that aspect of our relationship. So, for example, men generally, again, without making it a blank statement, generally are more easily aroused. Men more easily are able to experience the desire and the arousal, the two terms that I'll be using frequently, um, that are very commonly used in the world of sex therapy, um, to essentially join the forces. Both the desire and arousal can almost happen simultaneously. Right, which is why a man could walk down the street, see a pretty girl, turn around, whisper, uh, whistle, I mean, or, uh, you know, clearly with his eyes be eyeing a female. Women, while well, totally can do that as well, um, very often don't operate that way and certainly don't operate that way in their intimate lives. There is much more desire for connection, emotional connection, to be emotionally seen, to deeply feel appreciated. Now, for many men, it's like a mystery island. It's a complete foreign concept. Appreciate it. Feel seen. What are you talking about? It's physical intimacy. Let's get it on. It literally almost carries this, there's the act. We get to engage in certain physical activities. Uh, we're both going to experience enga- enjoyment, engagement, you know, of our different energies, climax, and that's it. And it massively, massively misses and sadly to say, and I'm telling you anecdotally from experiences, causes horrific ruptures to the relationships. And not only does it cause those ruptures, but the recovery, the healing process is enormous. It's an enormous undertaking to recover from ruptures around physical intimacy. Because when there's an emotional rupture in this area, restoring it isn't going to happen by more physical intimacy. It's going to happen by sitting down and saying, wait, what is it that my spouse needs? What is it my spouse is experiencing that I need to address? And I have to participate proactively, not passively, but proactively. I have to participate in some way to make it possible to bring the relationship back into space of joyfulness, curiosity, enjoyment, a state of general desire, genuine desire to just want to reach out, connect, and be in a physical and emotional connection simultaneously. And what's interesting is that when we are feeling healthy overall in our emotional health, so what I mean by that is... I don't feel I'm on guard. I don't feel I'm right now under attack. My world is not being criticized. My world is not being ignored or not seen. I feel cherished. I feel seen. I feel valued. When that goes on, we naturally, almost by default, will want to gravitate towards an expression of love through physical intimacy as well. But it's when there is an emotional rupture. I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel seen. I don't feel safe being around you. I feel like you're going to criticize me. You're going to minimize down play, undermine what goes on in my world. When that happens, for some reason, we also experience very naturally a deactivation of a desire craving 
to experience physical intimacy. So it's also just very interesting to observe that the way we're wired is in our natural default state. We want it. We crave it. We could say God put it into us precisely so we could continue reproducing our own species. So we will naturally seek it out. The hormones that kick in right from adolescence and for the rest of our lives, hopefully, are there to continuously nudge at us at, at you know, the idea of engage, engage, right? Don't, don't remain sort of in solitude and a disconnect, right? When people talk about hormonal misbalance, right? Essentially referring to like, hey, wait a second, why am I not craving intimacy? Or like, why is there no desire, right? That's because some, something is off because that's not a default state of a human being. Well, guess what? Just like um, we could hear how a medication, especially things like, like various psychiatric medications may shut off those channels in the brain that activate physical desire for intimacy. So too, emotional space in a relationship can also deactivate desire. You see, if you're going to criticize me enough times, if you're going to point out enough times that something's wrong with me, if you're going to put me down, emasculate me, make me feel like a loser, make me feel like I'm nothing, well, that emotional pressurized space is going to directly impact my desire to want to be physically intimate. And so we see then that it's not only about, oops, I'm taking medication and so I have a low sex drive. No, I'm getting clobbered by my spouse and I have a low sex drive. Yes, that also exists. It's not only about other external forces. Believe it or not, if this doesn't resonate for you yet, what resonates for most couples I work with is when emotional space is not safe and good and loving and nurturing, and instead it's toxic and defensive, and we have all these cycles of combativeness and tension, there's very little drive for physical connection. I mean, I may still want purely the physical act, but I don't want the physical act in order to connect with you. I'm just using the act whether to self-soothe, whether to pretend everything's okay, or whether I just want to express my pure animalistic urges. And with all this said, if any of this still makes sense, then I'm hoping this next step is going to make sense as well, because this is where we're now really going to enter into some very, what might almost seem hair-splitting nuances, but they make all the difference in the world of whether the relationship will be on a trajectory towards a deeply meaningful emotional and physical encounters or a place of pain, place of invisibility, place of not feeling valued. Now, what I'm hearing over and over again in my office is the great gap, great divide between men and women and how the experience of intimacy takes place. And again, as we were saying earlier today, for men, it could be a truly just a physical experience. Okay, some basic connection will do, will, will be good enough, but that is not experience for most women. For most women, unless they are in exceptionally healthy place and they just feel really, really good about themselves because they have a great self-esteem and because their spouses or significant others have been outstanding at delivering love and care and appreciation and demonstration how precious and valued and cherished they are in their husband's eyes. So there, a woman could experience what I guess we could call a, uh, you know, instantaneous arousal, almost like mimicking a man. A woman could just be there and be like, oh, I could feel a desire 
for my loved one and I want to be close to them. That is a experience that is very limited in terms of how many people have shared that type of feedback. Because for overwhelming percentage of women, what is shared is I don't receive in my intimate life what I need. And very common, not always, but very, very common, what women start with is my intimacy with my husband does not begin in the bedroom. It begins way before we walk into the bedroom. I mean, think of the classic scenario. A couple gets into a fight and now it's time to go to bed and then they work next day. They're tired. They lie down in bed and the husband is expressing that he is he's, he's trying to make advances. He's expressing that he's clearly interested in intimacy and the wife turns him away. And the husband says, what's the problem? I mean, maybe this will help us make up. And the wife says, do you know how far away I feel from you right now? If, assuming she felt brave enough to even tell him this. Do you know how far I feel from it? No. Why? What's the problem? The fight happened two hours ago. For you, the fight happened two hours ago. You're ready to re-engage and just be physical. I don't work that way. For me, the fight lives in me this moment, even though the actual confrontation happened two or three hours ago. Because until the repair in the emotional space takes place, it's very hard for me to also re-engage the physical dimension of the relationship. And so now a man will find himself in a dreaded experience of, I now have to sit and listen to my wife and find a way to demonstrate that I care, if not pretend, and demonstrate to her that I want to be better, I want to improve, I want to work in this area. Most importantly, I want to be here with you. I want to be here for you because you deserve it, because I love you, because you're my spouse. You deserve to have from me unconditional love. You don't only deserve to have from me this time and attention because of my ulterior motive hope that I'm going to get some from this relationship, from you. And that is something that for many men is just a massive pill to swallow. Believe it or not, for some men, conversation in, in their heads goes like this. What do you mean? That's why we're married. Is it not because you will be available to me and I will be with you and I will get fill of physical intimacy from you, from this relationship? And the challenge then becomes is how do we help, for instance, in this case, men understand that you're going to be married to a woman. That's not her wiring. That's not most of the time. That's not how she's going to be aroused. It's not going to be through what happens in the, in the moment, in the here and now, in the bedroom. That journey began way, way before you got into this room. And so if you are planning a night where you're hoping there's going to be intimacy, that plan better not be limited to the time you're going to be inside that room. That plan better be, begin day plus in advance. What else am I doing to show my wife that she's important, that she's precious, that she matters? What else can I introduce into the conversations with her, whether try to understand her love language and give her the gifts in her love language, right? Because it's a typical mistake. Husband comes home with flowers and wife is like, I don't really care about flowers. I would have enjoyed it if you listened to me for 10 minutes because my love language is quality time and not gifts, right? So, so you figure out your spouse's love language and you give them that love language. You continuously demonstrate you are so important to me. And the physical interaction we will have is just the culmination of the foundation of our relationship. But if intimacy alone is going to be what we'll attempt to lay as the foundation of the relationship, it will come down like a house of cards and leave people with trauma, with animosity, with deeply, deeply held pain. Because that is not how women are wired most of the time. A woman needs a time and affection and attention outside of that bedroom. And she needs to feel, and she has 
for whatever reason, God made it this way as a very strong antenna. Are you doing this because you have your own ulterior motive? Or I'm going to do nice things for you, meaning as a husband, but now the wife says, oh, but I have to now have the pressure of I have to also do this, as opposed to feeling for my husband. You know, I do these things for you, my wife, because I love you. And that's it. There is nothing else. And if you ever want to be intimate and you'll signal that to me or you share with me explicitly, then I'd love to meet you where you are. But I'm going to free up the space from being a pressurized environment where you, my wife, have to feel this pressure of, I have to give them this or else. I have to do this or there'll be consequences for me. And instead, we want to shift that entire space and entire experience into, this is a safe place for me where I could be my authentic self, including around the realm of physical intimacy. And so when I want to share that I need something in order to meet my own threshold of what will be needed to make this enjoyable, to make this desirable. So then I know that you're my spouse with whom I could safely share those things. But if everything's coming from a place of just like a pressure that I have to perform or else, so I'm essentially coerced into going in this direction or a husband just saying, what's your problem? Which is a fancy way of signaling. I don't understand your world and I'm not even going to make efforts to understand your world. All of these things will energize is terrible pain and suffering within the relationship space. And so I think in the next episode, we might discuss even more in more detail what can be the, the, the relational dynamic that we could put in place that will promote, nurture, and support relational intimacy, as opposed to just create a transactional space within the relationship when it comes to physical intimacy, which is only going to feel, leave people with resentment, frustration, disappointment, pain, and ultimately not wanting to be experiencing the physical intimacy that a relationship could have. See you next time. Thank you for joining us today. For questions, comments, topics you'd like to hear more about, or to try our 24-week relationship challenge, email us at relationshipreimagined at gmail.com.